Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you here with us this morning. Um, if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's my privilege today to, to be up here to, to talk to you today um, in week three of our series called Ghost Stories. And what we've been doing over the last several weeks is really trying to unpack as a church uh, this idea of of who the Holy Spirit is and the role that he plays in our lives and how we then we can take what we know to be true about the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life and then apply that in a way that brings glory to God so that his kingdom is made more famous in the earth. And so that's what I want. We're going to continue in that line of thinking and in that uh, conversation today as we approach the topic uh, today of spiritual gifts. Uh, now, but before we get into that, though, today's kind of a special day. Um, and I have something very important that I wanted to share with you guys this morning. If I, is that, is it? I'm, I'm getting there. Don't, don't, this is my moment. Don't, don't, don't ruin it for me. I just can't, I'm so nervous. I can't, look at that. Uh-huh. Big W for the Cubs last night. That's right. It's been 71 years since my Cubbies made it to the World Series. So needless to say, I'm a little droggy this morning. A little, I'm, a little, I'm a little sleepy. I've had a couple cups of coffee uh, trying to get ready today. I'm just kidding. I, I, uh, we went to bed early because I knew uh, that this is way more important. The stuff that we talk about in here, way, way, way more important than any sports team and any championship. Um, but I'm a little excited because uh, I've been a lifelong Cubs fan, so it's been a, it's been a good couple of weeks uh, for me and for us. But I don't want to get on to that. I want to talk today. Um, about the thing that is most important, and that is how we, as you and I, can use our spiritual gifts for the betterment of the kingdom and for the glory of his name. So before I kind of start that off, I want to I wanted to start with, with some things that spiritual gifts are not, because oftentimes when we hear this idea uh, of, of gift, there's a lot of connotations that, that come to our mind as we think about this, this idea of of gifts and what it means. And typically when we think about gifts, it's these things that are, that are given and things that we receive and they're usually given to us by somebody who loves us so that we can, for our benefit, something that we can use, something that we wanted or something that's, that's for our enjoyment or something like that. And, and spiritual gifts are a little bit different. And so I want to define spiritual gifts as a supernatural ability given to us by God. Therefore, now, that's what makes them a gift because they're given. It's something that God gives. But here's the thing. It's not for us. Spiritual gifts are not given to us by God for us. They're given to us by God for spiritual purposes. I like to say that spiritual gifts are given for spiritual purposes. And they can be a benefit to us, but that's not the primary uh, that's not the primary goal of God giving these spiritual gifts to us, but not for us, but more for the betterment of the world. And so I wanted to, to address some of that like kind of up front, that what spiritual gifts are not. They're not given to us. A couple other things that, are, that they're not, if you want to write these down, take some notes this morning. A few things that spiritual gifts are not. Number one, spiritual gifts are not natural talents. All right, so uh, like, again, just for uh, as an example, I've heard people in the past say, I have the spiritual gift of singing. No, you don't. You do not have, you might be a great singer. You might be a gifted singer, but you are not a spiritually gifted singer because singing is not a spiritual gift. That's a talent. It's a natural talent. All right, there's nothing that, no, no talent that you have, no, no, nothing that you can 
do because you are special. You can't be a spiritually gifted athlete, right? You can't be a, it's not a natural talent. You can be a spiritually gifted athlete, just not have the spiritual gift of athletics. I guess I should clarify. Uh, spiritual gifts are not given to the elite few, okay? The Bible tells us that when we become a believer, when we become a follower of Christ, that the Holy Spirit gives each of us a spiritual gift. That's for everybody. That's from baby Christian up to like super Christian, all right? So it's, it, they're not just for the uh, elite few, which means that spiritual gifts are not a sign of spiritual maturity. You don't get gifts because you attain some level of spiritual maturity and now that you know enough or you're, you know, have enough faith or something like that, it's not something that comes as a result of anything. It's a gift. It's given to us freely by God for the use in his kingdom. And lastly, spiritual gifts are not the fruit of the spirit. You can look at that in Galatians chapter five, somewhere around verses 20 through 22, you get these lists of, of, of the fruit of the spirit. We'll talk a lot about those next week, but this, it's not the fruit. So you don't get, these are not things that show up in our life because of something that we're doing. This is something that God gives us, spiritual gifts. See, it's, it's easy for us when we think about gift, again, to, to kind of get this idea of something giving to us for us. But that's not how spiritual gifts work. Let me give you an example of this a little closer to how spiritual gifts work. Maybe not exactly the perfect analogy, but it's close. You'll get the, you'll get the idea. Several years ago, for our anniversary, mine and my wife, we've been married for 15 years now. Several years ago, for our anniversary, I bought her an anniversary gift from Victoria's Secret. Here's what I love about being a married guy. Now there's no pressure walking into Victoria's Secret. Like once, you've, once you've folded women's underwear as part of your laundry day, like all the pressure's off. Like I walk up in Victoria's Secret like I own the place now. Um, but I bought her, a, bought her a special gift from Victoria's Secret. Something, something pretty, something nice. I don't want to go into too much detail because it's going to get real weird. But you get the idea. I bought her, that, that gift wasn't for her. I gave her a gift, but it wasn't a gift for her. I See, I, I, I kind of double dipped. I gave her a gift that was a gift for me. I bought her something for me from Victoria's Secret. That's kind of how it works with spiritual gifts. I know that's a total weird, and I don't know if, that, I don't know if you, that's weird for you, a little bit weird for me, but it's exactly how I think about it. God gave us a gift, but ultimately he gets the glory from it. That's how spiritual gifts are designed to work. So man, the next time your wife puts on something nice or you buy your wife something nice, that's how you can remember that God gives spiritual gifts in the same way that sometimes we as men tend to give gifts. That was way more awkward than I anticipated it being. So I'm just going to kind of move on if we can get past that. Hey, if you're taking notes and you want to write some stuff down, whew, all right, y'all don't tell, Aaron's working with the kids. Y'all don't tell her I said that. All right, we'll just pretend like we'll edit it out of the podcast. There'll be no proof. If you're taking notes, here are some of the things or some of the reasons that the Holy Spirit does give us spiritual gifts. So if you want to write these down, you can. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts to be used for God's glory. In other words, it's not for you. Our, your spiritual gift is not for you. That's going to be a recurring theme if you haven't figured that out yet. It's not for you, it's for God's glory. First Peter chapter four, verses 10 and 11 says this. It says, as each has received a gift, 
Use it to do what? To serve one another. We'll come back to that in a few minutes. As good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. It's from God and for God. In order that in everything God may be what? God may be glorified. Now we're starting to participate. I like it. God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is why, this is the primary purpose. If you're wondering, like, why do spiritual gifts even exist? And we'll get in a minute to what they are and some of the things. But if you're wondering why or the, what is the purpose for spiritual gifts, this is it. So that God may receive glory. If you're with us at the beginning of the year, we said that God's glory is greater than our story. That God is passionate about his glory and he wants everything that comes in us and through us and from us to bring glory to his name. That's the purpose. And spiritual gifts are no different. God doesn't do anything without intentionality. And the reason that you and I have spiritual gifts is so that we have a better opportunity to bring more glory and more fame to his name and to his kingdom. The spiritual gifts are given to us to be used for God's glory. Now, how, do we, how does God get glory from us utilizing our spiritual gifts? Well, that's the, the second point. It's the second reason or the second uh, purpose for which the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts is that is uh, we receive gifts from the Holy Spirit to be used for the good of others. In other words, it's not for you. It's not for you. Look with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He says, now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empires, empowers them all in everyone. To each is Given, so there's our gift, each is given the manifestation, or that's the demonstration of, or how it shows up. Gifts show up from the Spirit for what? For the common good. Your gift is for the common good. It's for the benefit of other people. You, listen to me, church. Listen, don't miss this. Don't miss this. You are God's gift to the world. But in the same way that you are not a gift, to, or that in the same way that your spiritual gift is not for you, you are a gift to the world, not just, to, not just to be good for the world, but so that the world may glorify your Father in heaven and give glory to his name. We said that the primary purpose for our spiritual gift is that God would receive glory. Here's how God receives glory. He gives you a gift. You use your gift for the good and the betterment of other people. They say, wow, that was good and for the enjoyment of me, the person. I should give glory to your Father who is in heaven who gave you the gift so that I can see, receive the benefit of your gift and give glory to your Father. Now, if that was muddy or I talked too fast, just go listen to the podcast, do it on slow-mo, right? Like, you can, you, you can get that. There, there's a purpose for our gifts. And it's to be used for other people that they may praise our Father in heaven, not that they may praise you. You want to know why? Because your spiritual gift's not for you. It's for him. It's for others so that they can become for him. We talked a few weeks ago and we said that there's something that, 
that the, the body of Christ, the believers in the church, something that we are. Do you guys remember what it was? We are the what? We are the, the light. Some of y'all remember that. I feel really encouraged right now that actually, y'all actually remember some of the things we talk about in here. That's good news. We are, if you weren't with us, we are the light of the world. Given to the world by God that we may bring light to dark places, hope where there is hopelessness, and courage where there is fear. It's the purpose of the church. We are the light of the world. We are the gift to the world. You know, oftentimes uh, when it typically happens, I guess, from women towards men, they'll say, oh, and that dude, he's so arrogant. He just thinks he's God's gift to women. Let me make a bold declaration to you this morning. I am. I am God's gift to women. Now, now let me make it weird. I'm God's gift to men too. And so are you. So are you. God has given you a gift so that you can be a gift to the world. Why? So that he gets glory. You are God's gift to the world. He gave you a gift to make you a gift. And it's important that we realize our hope in this world, if we want to see change, come on, we're, there's a whole lot of talk right now about what's going to change in our nation as a result of whatever happens in about a week. I don't know about you, but I, I'm done worrying about it. I, I'm trying real hard not to even care. Because God, God didn't ask me to put my hope in the Donald. And God didn't ask me to put my hope in the Hillary. God said the hope of the world is you and me. We're the hope of the world because the church is the hope of the world and we're the message carriers of the one who can give hope. If this world is going to see change, if they're going to experience change, if there's going to be a difference that happens in this country, in our nation, I don't think it's going to happen from the top down. I think it's going to happen from the church going up. When we get louder, when we begin to understand the call on our lives, the purpose for which we were gifted. The fact that we're gifted, we're talking about that today. You are gifted by the Holy Spirit. There's a purpose for your gift, and that is to affect change in the world that starts where you live and goes all the way to the top. The church is the hope of the world. It has to be. It's God's plan A, and there is no plan B. It's you. Now, Here's where the conversation has to go because typically when we, when we learn maybe for the first time, I hope that maybe this is new information for some of you, the fact that there are spiritual gifts. Maybe that's new information for you. Even for, for those who've been a believer for a long time, the, the conversation then turns to, okay, if there are spiritual gifts and if you're telling me that I have a gift, what is it? What is my spiritual gift or how can I determine what my gift is. And the typical, um, what, what's typically been done over the kind of the history of the church and, and on multiple occasions and in lots of places 
There have been tests that have been designed called spiritual gifts tests that you can go and you can take and trying to determine what your spiritual gift. And I don't, I don't have a problem with, with spiritual gift tests, but I think that at least in some small way, they can be flawed. You know, Paul gave us this warning in scripture not to consider some gifts more highly than others because all gifts have equal value in perpetuating the, the name and the fame of Jesus Christ. Like they're all for a purpose and they all serve a purpose, but in our humanity, in our kind of less than perfectness, we can have a tendency or, or this propensity in our lives to kind of rank the gifts. We, we tend to place like this gift a little more highly than this gift and this gift's a little better than this gift. And, oh, I've got this gift, but I really wish I had that person's gift. Like we can, we can do that. And so when you, when you take a spiritual gifts test, there's this potential for us to, to kind of answer questions in a way that we end up with the gift that we really want. And there's this, there's this element of human error in, in spiritual gifts, there's no, there's no error on the spiritual side of things, but on the human side of things. And so tests can be a, a bit flawed. So I'm not, a, I'm not against spiritual gifts tests. And if you want to take a spiritual gifts test, there, we looked at a bunch of them this week. We thought about maybe even offering one, but we just couldn't find one that we really thought was great. There's tons of them online. You can try one out. But, I, but there's no way to remove that human error. For instance, a few weeks ago or several weeks ago, um, one of my last classes in college um, I was required to take, not a spiritual gifts test, but uh, some other kind of spiritual formations test. And, and based on my results, I had to write a paper based on the results, but I forgot to record the results before I wrote the paper. And so I went back and I took the test again, and I tried to be really, really careful to make sure I answered the, the questions the same way so that I got the same result. Got a different result. One time it told me my problem was this, and the other time it told me my problem was completely opposite. And so there's this, this, there's this element of, of human error as we take these spiritual gifts tests. And so they're, they're an okay way to start. They're, they're a place to start if you're interested in that, but they can be a little bit ineffective. I think that, that as we seek to determine our spiritual gifts, it's a little more organic than that. It's a little more trial and error. It's a little more fluid. It's a little more get your hands dirty and see what you like kind of thing. I think the, the, the best way for you and I to determine our spiritual gifts, I think it starts in the church. If the church is the hope of the world, if we're called to be the change makers, if we're called to be the, the distributors of the gospel or the message carriers of the gospels and the distributors of hope, then it makes sense that God would give us spiritual gifts that we could begin practicing in, in a safe environment here at the church and, and then let it expand from there, and I think that's the way that we learn and determine our spiritual gifts. I think it starts in the church. So that'll give us our, our third piece of information, or a third note that we can write down together if you're still taking notes, and that is the Holy Spirit gives us spiritual gifts to be used in the church. You know what that means? It means it's not for you. It's for the church. Again, God's, the, the church is God's plan for reaching the world. It just, it just makes sense that he would give us the gifts to enable us to do so as the church. But we have to understand our role as it pertains to the body. So let's read this together. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 5, because Paul spoke to that very truth. This is what he said. He said, for by the grace given to me, I say to Everyone among you not to think more highly or not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. In, in other words, don't rank your gifts. None is more important than any other. 
That's just Paul's warning that we talked about. But think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members or many parts, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Now, in previous years, I've used this text to teach that very thing that we've already talked about. Not that we shouldn't consider our gift more significant or more valuable than anybody else's. If you've got this gift and they've got this gift, they're all equal because we are all part, it takes all parts of the, of the body to make up a body, right? Like the body needs the arms, the head needs the arms, the head needs the neck, it needs the feet. And some of us are the armpit, that's okay. It's all valuable. Like, without your armpit, your arms fall off, right? Like it's just, I mean, it takes every part of, the, of a body to make a body. But here's what I'm realizing is, is also true. As much as it takes all of us to make up one body, you, each part also needs the body. You tracking? You, you need a church. Now, I don't want us to discount or overlook the significance of what it means to belong to the body. Like a body without any arms is a really ineffective body. But if you're just arms with no body, you got an even bigger problem. Our church, this body, it needs you. Because without you and without your spiritual gift, we are incomplete. I don't believe that any of you, whether this is your hundredth time here or your first time here, I don't think any of us are in this room under the sound of my voice right now by accident. This body needs you. God has specifically and uniquely gifted you, a spiritual gift for you because you are a betterment to this body as we attempt to do the kingdom work to the best of our ability. We need you equally as much. You need us. You need the church because without it, you're just, you're one part of a body all by yourself. And come on, I don't want to call you useless. But I think that's what Paul was getting at. We're all part of the body, but we got to be part of the body. Arms don't live very long on their own. I don't know if y'all knew that. I'm not a doctor, but I read that somewhere. We need you and you need us. So the best place to start figuring out your gift and how God wants to use you, it starts in the church. Now, we, again, we could, we could all take a spiritual gifts test, but here's what I'd rather see us do. Now, let's figure it out together. Start somewhere. Try everything. Try everything that the church, this church or any church, has to offer. Try it all and figure out where you get lit up. Whatever fires you up, whatever lights your fuse, whatever gets you moving, whatever you get excited and passionate about, there's a reason that that passion is in you. So, so use that, but I think it starts here. We were talking about that, about that in the office this week, and I can't remember if it was Pastor Jonah or Pastor Quentin, but one of them came up with a great analogy that hit really close to home, really close to home for me. I've played sports all my life. And when I was a kid, I played all the sports. Like I wanted to, I didn't know what I was gonna be good at or what I was gonna enjoy the most. And so I played all of them. I played basketball, played soccer, played baseball, never played football. But yeah, you know, like I, I, I swam, like I did all this stuff as a kid. And we got to thinking about, you know, professional athletes. 
You, you guys know I'm a big professional sports fan. So did these professional athletes, you know, when they start off as a kid, they probably played all the sports, probably played football and basketball and baseball and soccer and all this other kind of stuff. But as they grow and as they mature and as they kind of hone what they're, what they're best at, then they get more, they get more specialized. Oftentimes by, by high school, kids are only playing one or two sports. In college, almost one sport, unless you're just super athletic, which some people are, and then they play two sports. But by the time you get to the professional level of sports, you're at one sport, probably in one position of one sport. Sometimes in a very, very specialized and specific role in that one sport. And what started as this wide spectrum of playing all the sports and all the positions ends up with one sport in one position and maybe even only half the time. If you're a kicker, only like once every six or seven down, like, you know, whatever. Specialized. And it's the same way with your spiritual gifts. Start wide. Uh, take advantage of everything that, ha- that can be offered in the local church. And then from there, work to develop and determine what is specifically your gift. And let me give you four. Let me give you four ways to figure out what your spiritual gift is. You've probably got a cheat sheet right there in your seat. <laughs> but regular corporate worship attendance. You need the body and the body needs you. You need to be here. If you serve on one of our teams, you need to be here on the weeks that you're not serving because there's something that we get from corporate fellowship and worship together that we can't get anywhere else. The second thing you need to do, you hear us preach it all the time, we're not gonna stop. You need to be in a connect group. Your connect group needs you and your giftedness. You make your connect group better and your connect group will make you better. You need a group. Number three, we've got, if you, we're, we're talking about trying to figure out our spiritual gift and where we're designed and destined and gifted to serve. You should try one of our ministry teams. We, there, there's many available. We'd love to get you connected into one of those. And lastly, community outreach. We, are, we want to be a church that is a betterment to our community. We've said all the time or lots of times that we want the community to be better because Fusion City Church exists. We desire that our city would mourn if we closed the doors and, and closed up shop and, and just stopped having church. If we ceased to exist as a church, this city would mourn. That's our desire. So we want you to be involved in those four things. Those are the four ways that you can best determine what your spiritual gift is. Yeah, you can take a test, but I think this is a way better test. Get plugged in. Try something. Start somewhere and see what lights you up what fires you up and what gets you moving. But again, I, I, I want to I end where we started. And that's with the purpose of our gifts. Why we're given the gifts that we're given. It's for God's glory. It's for the benefit of others. And it's for the good of the church. Those are the things, those are the reasons that God has, give, God has given you a gift. All of you, each and every one of you. Every single one of you that is a believer in Jesus Christ has a spiritual gift. It's up to you. You should desire and want to know what it is. But more than you want to know what it is so that you can say, hey, I got the gift of whatever, is the reason for which you were given it. And that is to build up the kingdom through service to others that God may be glorified. It starts in the church and it goes out from there. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to spend some time this week in your connect groups. 
talking about what your gifts are and how you believe God has gifted you. If there's something missing, if you're missing one of those four ways to understand how God has gifted and designed you, then you got some work to do. The mission of God's kingdom is too valuable for you to not figure out how he's gifted you. We need you. You need us. Let's work together to be the kingdom for the glory of God and the fame of his renown. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we dive into this idea that each of us has been gifted in a specific and unique way to bring, to bring glory to you. Father, would you help us? Help us have the confidence that is necessary for us to seek after how you have uniquely gifted us individually. And then, Father, it's my prayer that as we seek that out, as we work to discover how you've gifted us, that, Father, you would help us then use that gift in the service of others, in service to your church, so that your name might be made more famous on this earth because, God, you're worth it. You are worthy of everything that we can give back to you. And though we are grateful that you have gifted us, God, it is more our desire than being grateful that that you be glorified. So, Father, would you reveal to us what it is that you have gifted us to do and help us to use it in a way that changes this world. We love you, Father. We thank you for your son, Jesus for the hope that we can have in him. It's in his name I pray. Amen.